quitters never uh. give up. <laughs> Too much information, man. Stop, damn! 1612 1. No. That's our friend Kevin. Stop, damn! From the Kevin Bean Archive. Kevin! Corporate may not know about him. No, no, no. But he archives every second of every Kevin Bean show. God bless you and our family for being out there and doing that. Is that so he doesn't? Is are you a regular duck? Fan, you watch all the time him? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get high tonight though. I'm gonna get very high tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna get so f***ed up tonight. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucking Who's the best elite coach in the world? You. Yeah, it's good enough. The wild women, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing, the ripping and the tearing. I'm pretty good with the penises. And boom goes the dynamite. We funnier if you ask for up the first name. And now, this is Coop Delicious, the C O U P. D-E-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. By the way, they call me Coop Delicious because I'm so delicious in your mouth. Our feature presentation. Introducing a special, special guest. From the time we started this podcast, one of the main guys we wanted was the incredible, the unbelievable, the maniacal Kevin Stockdale. Hello. Yay. Welcome, <laughs> Kevin. Dale. Thank you. That beard is magnificent. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Working on it my whole life. Do you ever play Santa Claus? My kids went to a Jewish preschool, and the other kids would see me sometimes at the beginning of the year and say, run up to me and say, are you Santa Claus? I'm like, what do you know about Santa Claus? (laughs) That's odd for a Jewish school. (laughs) That's what I thought. The fact that you do the Kevin and Bean archive all these years, that's maniacal. It's also spectacular and genius. Oh, thank you. Just taking other people's work and putting it in, in order for other people to enjoy. Uh, you're the inspiration for our podcast, basically, because that's you're the only do. reason we can ever do it. Yeah, exactly. yeah sure. sure. Mm-hmm. How did you come to be a big Kevin and Bean fan and get involved with the archive? You know, I was driving to college before they were even on, so I, I have vague, vague memories of Armando and the Blade and those kinds of those days of, of K Rock. So I probably heard flipping around the dial them in the very early days, but I have such vague memories since it was so long ago. I started uh, carpooling with a friend to work around 1992. And so we were listening on the way to work and I became obsessed first with their voices and trying to tell them apart. And since I was only listening for a couple of segments on the way to work, it took me better part of a year to finally figure out who was who. And uh, so that was, you know, by that time I was pretty much, you know, became a somewhat regular listener on, on the way to work. And it wasn't until um, it must have been right around Ralph, the new guy. I feel like it was maybe 96, but I think Ralph came on in 97. But uh, uh, I like the showbiz beats. I think it was the showbiz report back then, perhaps, or something different. But uh, so I used to leave a, a, a double sided cassette in my boombox and uh, record, you know, when I'd go to work. So I got the last hour and a half of the show from, you know, late 90s moving forward. And then it just kind of built from there and built from there. Uh, around uh, 99, 98, 99, I got uh, mini disc technology so I could record longer on a, on a little disc. And so I started doing that. And uh, then I realized I could uh, save the audio uh, of, you know, Sam the Armenian comedian and other things, you know, other disasters and whatnot. So I, uh, 
I started saving all that stuff for myself. And I, you know, I made CDs and I forced my wife to, when we'd like travel out to Arizona to see friends, we would actually, you know, listen to an hour or more of, of clips that I picked on my Kevin and Bean mix CDs. And then I kind of realized that she was not as into it. So I'll just listen on my own time. Uh, but from that point, uh, she started asking, you know, saying I should put it online so other people could enjoy it. I'm like, well, you know, it's not really my stuff. And, you know, I don't know. People are going to think I'm weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then it wasn't until, um, I don't know if any of you guys remember the uh, blog that um, uh, Michael Chu, I can't remember his blog name, but he did a blog. He did a daily breakdown of the shows each day, you know, in, in writing. And so I think that uh, that audience and that kind of got me started. I created the site uh, in 2006 and it wasn't until I think June of 2006 when I mentioned it to him and he got all excited and mentioned it and that's when things kicked off. And then December of 2006, I was listening back to the show uh, since I only recorded out here at live much anymore. And uh, Psycho Mike found himself, Googling himself, uh, found it on my site. And that's when uh, they all became enamored or, or enthralled or, you know, curious about what I, what the site was all about and it was because i had saved this little segments when uh bean used to talk about uh tammy heidi and cat corbett and cat corbett's riding in on a skateboard making out of type tammy heidi's skeleton and you know all those kinds of things so i had a bunch of those little clips and so they played a bunch of those and so that's uh that's how i got on their radar and the rest eventually became history I think I remember that. So that was the first time they mentioned you was the time Tammy Heidi stuff. Cause that was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, and that was the, the kind of stuff I had been saved. I, I, at that point I was not keeping everything. I was just keeping things I liked and I still had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of things back in 2006, but um, uh, you know, just those little segments and, you know, things that went South and, you know, it was, it was uh I think they were already had started doing moments with, so I had been saving those early moments with Kevin when he was on vacation one week, I think in spring of 2005, they started missing him and then they started playing those breaks, uh, those little, little moments with. So, but yeah, that's how I, I got started. And then I eventually, you know, developed some sort of correspondence with, with some of them. Yeah, tell us about that. How did you come to meet them? Because they would call you when they needed clips as time went by. I uh, was lucky enough uh, to have been on the radar of brilliant artist Paul Lee, who's done artwork for their old CDs and done tons of other stuff and been a guest many times. And he knew that I was a super fan, as he called us. And then uh, Michael with the blog was another super fan. And then there was another guy who, oh, I can't remember his name either now. It's been so long. But uh, there was another guy back in the mid-2000s who would record the whole show at like 32 kilobytes per second, super low quality. And he would post online someplace the entire four and a half hours unedited. Uh, but he, he was also a super fan and contacted by Paul. And uh, Paul arranged for, through uh, then producer Alex, uh, to have us come up and see the show. And so it happened to be on a day when Bean was in town. It was, uh, it was February 15th of 08. It was after they had their Valentine's Day uh, singles party. And so Bean was in town. And so they arranged for us to uh, come up and watch the show from the, the neighboring studio and meet them. So that's how I got to meet them. And at that point, you know, I was able to correspond with them and they knew who we were. And, you know, that's, that's that was the beginning of a, a long relationship. Wow, that's amazing because to hear you talk about cassettes, 
I used to do a similar thing. I would buy a timer, hook it up to a radio. So you press record and play. And then when the timer would turn it on, it would record whatever radio show you wanted. So that that's is, very that's funny. brilliant. And that is old school. <laughs> and I love it. I do you remember I sent you a cassette one time? Yes. And uh, I don't remember what it was, but I'm sure that I was able to digitize it. And I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate anybody in the future who's, who digs up old stuff. I did get a hold of a, what was, do you remember what you had that you shared with me? I remember this was in the early days of emails. So okay. I thought I'm going to email them and maybe they'll read it. And it was a very novel back then. So I recorded it. They were talking about wedding ring stories. So uh -huh. I emailed Ralph something. I thought, oh, I think this is funny. Maybe Ralph will read it. And this is before streaming, so he couldn't record it that way. So I recorded this show. I think Ralph did read my email, and he kind of like, he dissed me, actually. <laughs> but I just had it laying around. And then when I found out about you, I said, oh, this guy would appreciate this. And I mailed it to you. You digitized it, mailed me the cassette back, said thanks. So, yeah, somewhere if you look online, that day, it was in the 90s, I believe, is up there. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I mailed it back. I was worried where that story was going. No, but. no, no. Not the <laughs> so how much work was it uh, when you started and how does that kind of evolve? And I'm curious to know how much work it is comparatively now. You know, it's interesting uh, just going in reverse order. It, it takes me more time to edit the Kevin and Sluggo show than the amount of content there is. So it still takes me an hour or so every day uh, from, you know, opening up files and getting started to posting and, and, and announcing on, on social media because the way KLOS's stream is there's less uh, distinction in terms of the waveform that I'm looking at in the audio uh, audio editing. So I've got to stretch and look and kind of, it takes me longer to find where the segments start and, and stop. Whereas with Kevin and Bean, there was a, you know, a, a noticeable spot where this is quiet, this is loud. And that's how I was able to tell it. So it takes me a, an hour or more each day for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes of content. Uh, back then, you know, I before the, the before the site went public, I didn't have the pressure, so I would have days worth of stuff and then pick and choose. Uh, but then I think I think it was December, or I think it was probably around the time that they discovered the site is when I started saving because people started asking me for this or that clip. I'm like, well, I didn't keep that. Uh, you know, this was still in the days of, uh, you know, even though I had moved over to mini discs with larger and longer storage capacities, it still costs money to to buy you know more discs and more con yes places for content. So. I had I had to make some decisions, but at, at the point people started asking me for different things, that's when I just started saving everything, including all the showbiz beats. And when they started doing their podcast, and I thought that was going to be the end of me, it turns out that you know I would post all five uh, showbiz beats, and they would only post two or three. So there was some benefit there. And if something you know didn't get posted uh, on their their thing, people would come to me. Uh, so you know it's it's hard for me to think back. Uh, it shouldn't be hard because it was only a year and a half ago. Uh, before they were fired during a, on the phone during a pandemic. But, um, you know, I think I was able to get the entire two hours done in probably an, an hour or so back then as well. Um, over the years, their, their overall unique content without repeats went from about two hours to two hours and 20 minutes down to, you know, 90 minutes to maybe almost two hours. Uh, that, that was more repeats you know, from the previous day or from the morning to the to the end of the show. And uh, it was also easier because out of the 17 breaks they would have on a given day, five of them were showbiz beats. They had, you know, wheel of a bad animal voice. They had, they had things that were regular enough that I only had to listen to and decide, uh, decipher what they were for, you know, 
10, 10 or so segments, you know, so I guess, you know, including the rerun. So I had 10 or fewer uh, places where I had to figure out what it was, what to call it and, and put it together. Did you ever have a run in with corporate? That was my fear from 2006 until uh, what time is it today? <laughs> um, that was always my fear. And I was I was delighted and scared when they first talked about it in 2006. And after I got to know Bean a little bit by 2008, we were emailing back and forth. Part part of the thinking behind why the show, why the, the segments are all these M3U playlist files for the MP3 files. And so people who have different uh, systems have different problems with playing the files. And the idea is that they're only streamable. You can't download them. The average person can't collect it. So I'm not redistributing somebody else's content. I'm just sharing and they can listen and that's the whole thing. That's fascinating because if you kind of think about it, the radio people, the the suits, they don't seem to like radio. <laughs> so I think they thought, Kevin and Bean segments, who's going to give a crap about this stuff? I think that's why you're able to fly under the radar. Yeah, it turns out as time went on, there were bigger concerns, uh, you know, legal concerns, uh, ratings concerns, con uh, consolidation concerns. So I, I became less and less of a, you know, I was never really a threat. Uh, I don't think there were, you know, I, th I think the people who listened to anything I had to offer were already listening to this show. So they were, you know, they weren't losing listeners because of me. Um, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, and then I was worried about when uh, Entercom came into the picture. Uh, I, I knew, you know, I was worried bad things were going to happen. I wasn't expecting Ralph to get fired, but I was worried that, you know, they may be, you know, trying to plug holes into, where, you know, where other stuff was leaking out, including my site, but that, that never became a thing. And now it's moot. But uh, when I uh, talked to Kevin uh, earlier last month, he didn't think that the, their, their corporate entity really is concerned either. So uh, I feel, felt a little bit more relieved about that. It's funny because it seems like across the board, they have the K-Rock or Intercom or whatever the hell they're called now has like completely wiped Kevin and Bean off of the existence of their website and anything. And even like the podcast. So you like are truly the, one of the only relics of that. And I'd like to, I don't necessarily have to be the only relic, but I'd still like to be a, a relic if, if that's not a yeah. And I mean, it seems like the, the whole kind of like show community besides the suits are not really interested in making a profit off of that kind of work. And it doesn't seem like you, obviously you're not in it for the money either, but it's just nice to see <laughs> that like these people are so willing to share their content, you know? Yeah. For those that have been to the archive, it, it, when you go to the homepage, it has all the shows listed by date near. But once you go to search the, ar the archive, I don't know if it's OCD or whatever, but I mean, the way you have these organized and the way you can search it, so it's very simple first and foremost, but there is so much. Is it just how, how did you ever come up with a way to organize it? So it's so simple for people to use. Well, I wish it was simple because I still get a lot of people that like, oh, I don't know how to find this date. I'm like, well, plug it in, in this format. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's the long undiagnosed OCD that I like to, you know, 
I can't have everything in my life under control and organized, but you know, I, I love digital stuff because it's so much easier. I, I, I've scanned probably you know 50,000 documents in my personal and work life because instead of having files and piles of things, it's so much easier to just have it right there. So mm -hmm. that whole same kind of mindset, uh, I like just to have things organized and, and, and logical as far as I can see them. Uh, the thing that's frustrating to me is that there are still things people ask about that will, I will totally remember, but it's, I can't find it, and it's probably something they went off on a tangent on, on the showbiz beat, so it's not listed as his own thing, and in the last couple of years of the show, I went out of my way, and I was just listening, I've been listening to 2017 this year, and I went out of my way to take the first minute or two of the showbiz beat if they talked about something else, and then I, you know, the, when the showbiz beat segment started proper, I would, you know, start it there. Um, so there are still things that are hard to find. And I've even got a couple of things that people asked about now, including something that uh, someone tweeted Ralph about and Ralph tweeted to the show and Ralph started following me, which was delightful. Um, I don't know how to answer that other than I, I like things organized and that's just the way my, my brain works. Uh, I haven't started yet, but I'm also going to do for the uh, Kevin and Slogo show, um, put things into folders so all of the you know one second of nonstop rock are all in here all of the this segment are in here all of these call-in topics are here and so uh, I will do that but I think I've got enough space and they produce a small enough amount of content uh, that I can keep those folders because I think sometimes when those people people panic when the folders for each day yeah. you know, go away but I also do keep as you may or may not know um, I have pdfs for each year of the Kevin and Bean show with all the files of all the shows and you know in order so yes. those are like 100 page pdfs just copying down like yes. you know 3200 <laughs> titles of, of clips in the order they appeared and yeah i have to i have to sometimes when i search or try to help somebody or if i'm looking for a reference to some things like what would i have called that and i try to you know make it as easy but back then i was just you know in the moment I'm like what would i have called that and just i was they did the best of kevin and sluggo yesterday and so i just you know google not Google, but search on my site to pull up the date so I can put together and then, you know, repost them. And, and they did something about the uh, uh, macaroni and cheese ice cream. And so I'm Googling macaroni and cheese and I'm Googling ice cream and I'm Googling this and it, you know, I'm not Googling, I should say, I'm searching on my site, <laughs> those things, and I can't find it. And I'm getting frustrated. And I listened to a little bit more of the segment from, from yesterday that when they re-aired it and like, Oh, weird food you tried. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah, that's happened to us a lot. Like just mm -hmm. preparing for this one, we're like, well, we, we need some clips for Stockdale. So we went to the archive and I'm Googling, or not Googling, Kevining Stockdale. Nothing shows up. I typed in me. Maybe you said I was on the show. Nothing shows up. You're not an egomaniac. If that was well, my site, it would be Edwin on every page. Uh, I am a little bit because I do have a folder uh, titled um, Times I've Appeared on the Show. The one, the one, uh, folder I have is the times I was actually guest on the show and I was lucky enough to be on five different times once after they discovered the site uh once um when my daughter who was little uh for her third birthday got a gift certificate for a, a well for people in Africa and I asked if you know we would return it or you know how is she going to play with that and so they made that into a segment and then they did um uh weird collections and since i've got all those toys i also collect mountain dew cans and bottles from over the years and around the world uh so that got that started uh the most recent one um times most times you see an artist because i had seen in 2015 when rush did their final tour i saw them 39 and 40th uh, concerts 
So that got, I, I was talking to being offline about, you know, just online about that. And that created a segment. The one I think was my favorite was when my son Henry was born. We could not decide on his name until after we got him home. We had the, like the top three and we kept fighting about that. And um, so they didn't understand how you could not have a baby's name ready. So that became a thing. And I think that started because uh, when my son was born, it was like 430 in the morning. I actually texted Bean and said, hey, you're the first to know it's a boat, you know. It wasn't a gender reveal call, but it was still <laughs> anyway. So did they do a call in like to name your son? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Uh, to, you know, when you didn't know your, you know, didn't know your baby's name when the baby was born or something like that. Uh, I also remember one time they were doing a showbiz beat and some uh, actor with a crazy name or some silly name came up and they're like, oh, that should be Kevin's son's name. Well, we found long ago, never take life advice from Kevin and Bean. So. Yeah. Hopefully you did not take their advice and name your child something weird. Well, I think Henry's Earlug okay. Too, something like that. Oh, I yeah. That, that was that was another suggestion. Uh, you know, um, before my daughter was born, two days before she was born, we went to the Cinco de la, de la Cinco, the Cinco de la Drink, the, whatever, the, whatever the afternoon uh, show was called when they did a Cinco de Mayo, or Drinko, Cinco de la Drinko. Anyway, they did it down in Orange County, not too far from where we live. So we went there. My wife was super duper pregnant, but I had taken the original photo that when I went to this tour of the st station back in 08 and I had it printed out on color paper and had them sign the photo. And uh, somebody said, don't name your baby Kevin. <laughs> oh, no, it was Kevin who said that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I do have a folder called yeah. uh, and it's just in the miscellaneous audio. A folder called Kevin and Bean mentioned my website, and it's just you know a handful of times where they they mention literally just mention the website. Uh, Bean website mentions my website during the Viacom lawsuit story that was 07. Bean plugs my website while previewing Nancy Leader. I loved her, and Kevin was going to marry her. I thought, you know, the Planet oh, wait, she Planet was X. On Planet Nine, right? It was going to kill planet, us all. I thought it was Planet X because Planet X. Back yeah. then Pluto oh, was still was Planet great. Nine. Uh, Bean plugs my website, 09, 09. Kevin, is, oh, Kevin and Bean discover this website, 20, uh, 12, 12, 06. Play clips of Bean's dissing Tammy Heidi. Uh, try to help me come up with a name for our brand new son. That was 013. Me on Kevin and Bean, June 5. Okay, so that date is wrong. It says uh, I was on the show June 5 of 12, but they didn't discover it until December. So I'll have to fix that. See, I got to go back and fix the smallest things because it's not right. Uh, recalling Mr. Sports, Bean mentions me in this website what's, on what to do, nephew. Uh, and then I have a handful of the times when I got my requested clips in his show opens. Uh, that was one of my favorite things. And it was, I think, a year after I had met him and I've been uh, corresponding with him a little bit. And I said, can I request you include these things? And he had never had anybody request that kind of stuff before. More recently, they did a whole thing about the drops and stuff on, on a cup of tea. And, you know, I live for that, too. But that was in my early opportunity to kind of, you know, connect with beans, especially since we're kind of both audio freaks, you know. Aficionados or yes. enthusiasts. Or and, enthusiasts. and as as you've done, Eddie, I had sent clips for him to play over the years. Uh, and a couple of them kind of worked into the into the uh, rig on the reg, um, you know, Ed Asner, there's no catch. I remember nice. hearing that on, yeah. on PNX News Radio. And I, it, I'm yeah. like, they've got to have that. And I think they were talking about the commercial. So I immediately, you know, was able to pull it up and, and send it. And the next day, they're already, you know, playing it in rotation. 
And then there was um, John Stewart back in the Daily Show days had some little thing about, wow, Kevin just gave me AIDS or, you know, something like something, you know, totally weird and out of the blue. And uh, so they used that for a while. And there were a couple others. And I, you know, just because I share the same name, I sometimes say things from audio that, uh, you know, from TV shows that references Kevin, because I think I'm going to make it into a, like a, a ringtone for me or something or a ringback tone. But uh, I end up sending it being. And now, now that Kevin is, uh, they're hoping to get a machine so Kevin can play drops on Kevin and Sluggo. So now I'm actually um, more keen to dropping drops his way on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the, the, the captain's uh, ex, ex-husband, Kevin, and they talk about that a lot. And on the new Fox animation show, Housebroken, they, um, the fat cat has an owner named Kevin and, you know, Kevin's da-da-da-da. And so it gets brought up a lot. But anyway, I digress. So, so what percentage would you say of what you have recorded do you have public? Because I know you've talked about on Crowdcast and stuff, having like a, a backlog or like a hard drive of stuff that you can't post for space re- reasons. Well, um, that's mostly uh, showbiz beats. I got to the point where after a certain number of years, I realized, oh, oh I have 12,000 showbiz beats. You know, who's going to go back and listen to that? And so for space at the time, before I had an unlimited account, uh, the, um, I decided to pull some stuff down. I also, uh, as you may or may not know, had uh, archived Loveline for about three or more years. And so that was just another folder for Psycho Mike, you know, my Psycho Mike love. And, uh, and I, I did listen to them on the show. I did get to go up and watch them do the show once live back when Simone was there with her little doggy. So I had that for a while. And then I would, take that down because that was like the least Kevin and Bean worthy stuff. And so trying to, trying to, you know, not, yeah, I do remember now that you mentioned, I do remember a day where I was always at my max. So I'd have to pull stuff down before I loaded more stuff, but uh, I've got an unlimited account, which uh, when I went three times over the previous limit, they said, uh, yeah, you got too much stuff. I'm like, what does unlimited mean then? <laughs> so right now I am slowly reintroducing some of those showbiz beats. But what I did was when I had to take uh, old showbiz beat down for, space i had uh, several handfuls of ones where like kevin smith sat in or some one of the guests would sit in so i figured that would be a little bit more you know worth listening to so anything that had anything describing the showbiz beat with a guest or something that went south or or whatever uh i would keep those but the rest of them they were just plain old showbiz beats i I pulled down up until you know i think i have a couple years worth uh but I, i want now that i have space i want to bring that those back just for completeness sake so are there any are there any episodes or clips that you don't have that you wish you had? Yeah, the Scientologist and Screech getting kicked out. And uh well you got you guys were talking about that just on a recent podcast. And since I was listening in, in random order, I can't say which <laughs> one, but but uh, I do def- I remember hearing both of those, and this was before I recorded and saved everything, of course, and you know, kicking myself. I wish I had those. I have that clip, which I think you played of him just asking the Scientologist to leave. Um, For the longest time, um, uh, 9-11, that was was on on, uh, Ralph and Doc covering that. And I couldn't get that for the longest time. And somehow, somehow, Bean found it uh, only in the last handful of years. And so I've got 20 or more minutes of Bean and Doc I'm sorry, Ralph and Doc handling coverage of 9-11. And that was, you know, a shocking morning. And it was not on my mind to record them doing that. Uh, so we got that finally. So if I could just get that Scientologist, and trust me, I have searched 
high and low, long and hard. And, you know, maybe someday that will show up someplace, but uh, I guess Scientologists have ways of squashing things. <laughs> I guess so. But, yeah. Those, those are the, the that and, and Screech are, are two of the, uh, two of the uh, white whales for my website. So having the standpoint of someone who listened from the beginning to the actual very end, like how, how do you feel about the evolution of the show from like the many decades? Well, I think uh, the nineties were campy in, in hindsight and to listen to, you know, what's in your refrigerator or those kinds of segments. Um, that was fun, but in a different way. And then I think it just got better and better as it got more organized. It was still janky and it was still, you know, Kevin still forgot to turn on his mic. And as you may have seen, I've got those snippets where I've got, you know, dozens and dozens of clips of him forgetting to turn on his mic. And occasionally I would take, you know, 20 or 30 of those instances and, and patch them together into one audio file. Uh, but the show got better with the organization of, you know, clips on, you know, segments on certain days and, um, I really think, and listening to 2017 when Allie was there, and no diss on Lisa, but Allie was much more involved with the show than Lisa was, and Ralph, you know, his final year, and everybody was gelling, and, you know, the the amount of playoff of each other, I think they, you know, really kind of peaked then, and that's nothing, you know, that's nothing against anybody else who came after them, but just what I've been listening to the first four months of 2017, that's uh, that's where I, I really enjoy it the most. I have some lightning round questions that I'm now starting to think about. Favorite moment with? Well, I don't know. That's a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, is, it is a bit of a toss up. Um, you know, I, I think the duck one, which was the first one, it was not the first one they did the week he was gone because I look back at the dates. Uh, but I think the you longtime fan him is probably what, I mean, you know, there are hundreds and it's so hard to, you know, you know, it's like being a, a mama spider and you've got an egg sack full of hundreds of babies and how do you pick your favorite right. uh, but, you know that that's that's the one that comes to mind immediately but you know the terrorists and the you know the belief in god or whatever you know so good too but you know i'll stick or oh, the blue man group you know painting their faces <laughs> bad i mean you know these guys are so quick and so good at what they do and sometimes that quickness can really backfire Just looking at you kevin Ryder. <laughs> least favorite of anything kevin and bean related um there were only two times that i can remember and unfortunately i can't remember one of the two that i was ever disappointed or upset at how they handled something and i remember listening back to a show and this is before i kept everything so i don't have it but i remember being at my old apartment after i got married so this was sometime between 98 and 2002 and i was washing dishes late one night and they were taking calls from people who had looted during the uh, LA riots. So they oh. seemed to glorify and make light of people looting. And I was really disappointed, you know, not gonna make me stop listening, but you know, that was one time. And there was another time where something similar, I just thought it was, was really, you know, not cool that they were, you know, they didn't realize it. And I'm sure, you know, in either of these instances, if you talk to any of them today, they would say, yeah, we probably, you know, should have done that. And it's just interesting to hear Bean and Kevin, when I met with them a couple of weeks ago, just talk about the things they did that like, you know, can't believe we got away with that or did those kinds of things. And just the way society has changed and stuff. I mean, I, I, I try to remember which year was the last Miss Double December, but I think it was after Ralph was fired have it because they you know there was so much chaos in, in 2017 but then you know being like you know yeah but it's really not appropriate anymore and like yeah those days have come and gone 
but yeah, call some call some looters. That was that was not cool. You said that was between '98 and 2002. I mean, uh, yeah, because the uh, the um, after the um, before the LA riots in in ninety ninety one. 91. Yeah, so, a lot earlier. So, so it was yeah, like a so they 10 year anniversary. It could have been. Yeah. Oh, okay. It could have been. Well, Kevin had a running joke for years. Like if the Lakers were about to win a championship, he'd say, I'm getting a TV. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I don't mind that kind of comment. It's just when they actually take calls from literal looters and, and find out, you know, what people did. So, what's your all time favorite drop? I mean, out of the tens of thousands they've had. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one you use every day, because I know I have a couple that I use every day. Well, you give me yours first, and maybe it'll help me think of one. I always think of, what did you do? I always think of that whenever I'm asking somebody, what did you do? I always feel like I'm going to say, what did you do? What's happened is mine. Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah happened that's a good, is a good one. one. <clears throat> I, I can't off the, you know, on such short notice out of so many just from give you give you one, but I can say that to this day, there's still countless times every single day where I will hear something that they've done or said after somebody says something that's, you know, kind of, you know, uh, I will hear what, you know, what did you do or what happened or, or things like that. But there's so many other times too. And, and, you know, even to this day, I will laugh out loud because it will catch me off guard when I think, when I hear something and I think of it and I make myself laugh. Yeah. The, the Ed Asner one came back recently because he, he passed and yeah. I can, I hear that in my head now too. Well, the thing is, since I I took the commercial from KNX and and ed, edited that part out, I still hear the rest of the commercial in my head when I hear that drop, uh, not the whole commercial, but the part leading up to you know catch. There's no, but anyway, that, that's pretty. <laughs> what is your favorite Ralph Garman impression, if you had to choose? But I I want to say that I think the thing I miss most after Ralph, other than Ralph himself, and, and the you know I think Ali did an okay job with the showbiz stories. Uh, I I. I miss all the uh, the voice things, you know, making the calls to the imaginary people, and you know, <laughs> the, oh, we we got so and so on the line from, you know, da, da. and I miss um, Stephen Hawking and slash Hawking the hits. I miss Linus, Kevin's uh, personal assistant, and uh, oh, and Bruce from Coffee was one of my all time favorites that he used to do. Mm -hmm. Probably uh, impression would be the Stephen Hawking. And uh, there are two kinds of impressions he does. He does like spoofing somebody and doing a parody, like, you know, like Stephen Hawking wouldn't talk like that. So that's not, that is an impression, but not really impression, but doing, you know, as best of a, you know, I, I, I would have to say Jerry Lewis. That, that's another thing yeah. that put me on the map. And we can talk about that, mm -hmm. at, you know, in a separate moment. But uh, yeah, Jerry Lewis, he was, he was spot on. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite non-Ralph impression? I know there are not that many of them. Well, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with Rudy. Okay. I mean, that's not that's not an impression. Okay. So that's a character. Um, well, uh, Beans Hulk Hogan was always uh, one of my favorites. I don't know how <laughs> good you think that is. We recently uh, heard a clip of uh, Lisa doing a Gene Simmons, and that became my new favorite. Yes. <laughs> and I have a clip someplace in here of her doing, uh, when they were doing um, Kevin and being a Rokey maybe, or, or something, but anyway, she did the uh, um, like, uh, Lincoln Park song, and she just came out and screamed it, and it just, I mean, even to this day, even thinking about it makes me laugh. Oh, I think that totally was- a totally great moment, man. I think that was one of the first Kevin and Bean a Rokies that I can remember, because they okay. did like 
I, I, I could be wrong and I completely, but I remember like there was a period where they were all taking it so seriously and like trying to sing like them, but I could be wrong about that. Well, now I'm going to have to go back and check and that's because I just am curious now. Well, okay, so Beer Mug did do the theme song. So that's a that's that was one of my time. favorite theme songs. The, next question. Favorite theme song. Uh Kevin and Bean Roki, uh Lick Lisa. You know, when you have like, you know, seventy-five thousand clips to think about, <laughs> nice. there's, a, there's a lot to think about. But those those are the ones that come to mind. What about uh favorite K Rock band? Garbage. What about favorite interview? You know. The one that I think about some from time to time is when they had uh, Anna Nicole Smith in studio. Mm, and yeah. I often don't like when things get tense or weird, but that was just so different. It was awkward and it was interesting and it was fascinating and it was funny and it was sad and it was awkward. And I think just having all those different emotions when you're listening back to it. And that was not long. That was not too long before she passed away. Yeah. And then, of course, lightning doing the, I don't know, <laughs> that was that big deal. They got something out of that. But still, yeah, that was, you know, I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many interviews I have in that interview folder. I mean, I, I have the interview folder broken down into actors, comedians, sports figures, you know, adult stars, you know, all these breakdowns. And then within there, I have to break them down by name and by letter because there were thousands, thousands of interviews. But, uh, you know, just to, you know, trying to keep it in a lightning round, that's one of the ones that comes to mind that was uh, quite memorable. The great thing was even after the interview, it became a joke for years. Because, oh, yeah. Like you said, it spawned the Anna in the fall. And they would talk about how uncomfortable it was. So the aftermath was probably just as good as the interview. Well, <laughs> and now that I look at how many Anna Nicole Smith uh, files I have here, um, all the times they called Anna on all those other occasions and, uh, you know, just, just doing the impression and how much mileage they got out of that, too. So favorite, either remote or Miss Double D? Probably one of the Miss Double Ds that I went to. I only went to the last few at the slide bar. Probably my favorite was the uh, Double D where uh, Doto says, this is America. Come on, Bean, this is America. One. Why not, Bean? This is America. I love that Yeah, yeah, that, that one. one. Yeah, because I remember watching him say that, and so that, that has special memory. And uh, mm. and then the Cinco de la Parte, Cinco de Drinco <laughs> one, they did down the down the street from us before my wife gave birth to our, her daughter. Um, I think that was just because it was the first event I had come to. Uh, there was uh, one listener whom I had a little bit of correspondence with online and I, I met her, but she was way too drunk to talk to. And I think that was the first time I had seen Beans in person since the, um, since the time I met him back in February of the year before. So, so the Cinco one and the uh, Doto Miss Double D one. When you mentioned Sublime, I'm actually thinking of another kind of lightning round question, which is that um, so the Sublime with Rome song is probably one of the like songs that K-Rock completely just ruined for me. Do you have a song like that where they just went ham on playing it and it just got ruined for you? Well, I used to like the Chili Peppers um, up until like the early, early 90s. I bet there were a lot, but I actually developed a habit where well, I mean, granted, I didn't listen to K-Rock much because I would cut all the music out, but even just, you know, flip around in the car. And if I heard something from a band I like, I would immediately tune it out because I want to hear like, you know, occasionally they would play a, a song from Tool and I didn't want them to 
potentially you know ruin one of my favorite band songs so i would tune that out and i could listen to it on the album in its entirety and um it didn't quite get to the point where they ruined it but i was a huge mars volta fan and on their second what? album, are you serious yeah i oh my god you're you're speaking about i will we will talk for like three hours after this okay I'll keep to, going sorry i'll have to tell you after the, how i became friends with john theodore their drummer they're one of their many drummers but when the when the widow came out on their second album and K-Rock started playing it, like, oh, please don't ruin it. Please don't. And I'm so happy that they're getting airplay because they're such a you know complex you know non mainstream non radio friendly band. Uh, but they had one song that I'm sure the record company probably pushed them to make a, a little bit more friendly. But uh, uh, speaking of K-Rock memories, uh, the first sorry the second Weenie roast I ever went to, I went and saw the Mars Volta play. In probably like 2006 and the only reason i went yes. to the whole thing was to see them were you there yeah no, the only too. reason i went there too yes when they just played one long jam song yes and they didn't play anything they just jammed which in hindsight was pretty cool and then um cedric the singer towards the end started making some lyrics up and talked about abortion the other white meat remember that yes i very clearly yes okay yeah so that was that was a total trip but um so yeah so I got in a habit of if, if there was a band I liked, I would I would tune it out because I want to listen to it on my own time and my own space. Because they, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, I remember getting Nevermind. I liked the first Nirvana album because it was a it was a college radio, you know, thing. Bleach, and then the new record came out. I was like, well, that's okay. Yeah, I, I kind of like this. You know, I don't want to have anything. I don't even want to say the name out loud now. But yeah, so that's a good question. Yeah, that that era of Mars Volta is probably like almost number one on my my band's list but that's also the only weenie roast i ever went to was that one and it was primarily because of them i don't even remember who else played i'd have to look at my database but motley uh, crew oh yeah motley crew was like the the headliner and so many people including myself like peaced out from motley crew was that also the one where the foo fighters were on the bill yes I saw the beginning of the, I'd never, I didn't think I'd ever seen the Foo Fighters before and I, I like them, but I, I remember being out in the sun all day and I was by myself and I was on the lawn. And so I think after the Foo Fighters took on, I was like, I can't, I can't go anymore. All I am is a man. I want the world in my hands. I hate the beach. But I stand in California with my toes in the sand. I was left to my own devices. Many days fell away with nothing to show. That's all you get, Aces. What song? Title and artist, please. Wow. Never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud of my dress in a torn-up town. No postcard alley. The break of the day. While I'm driving, I'm driving. That's all you get. Is that it? 
Thanks for listening to part one of our bonus interview with Kevin Stockdale. Our conversation went so long and off topic that we had to split it into two parts on top of our normal episode. We could not do anything we do without the Kevin Avine archive and Kevin does all of this for free. So please consider donating to his site and you can learn how by going to kevinandbeanarchive.com. Bye-bye and we'll see you next time.